The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thank you so much once again for joining us here on Winning Ponies. I am John Engelhart, and I'm going to have uh, two new guests uh, for you tonight. Uh, and I'm looking forward to talking to both of them. Our first guest out of the box is going to be our guest handicapper, and that is Ron Nicoletti. Of course, if you've ever watched Gulfstream Park or gone to their website, you know who Ron Nicoletti is. Uh, I believe 20 years now he's been a professional handicapper. Uh, you see him on air either with the Casey Courtney or Pete Aiello. And he's a busy man because not only does he give his picks uh, live on air, but he's also posting to the website. If you go up and look at the stakes races for Saturday, they all take place at Gulfstream Park. So who better to go to than Ron Nicoletti? Plus, I want to find out about his entrance into the game and his background. And uh, from there, we are going to go to a gentleman by the name of Jason Neff. Now, his father, Miles Neff, just released a book called Stylin. So if you're looking for a Christmas present for a friend of yours, um, Stylin, Reviving the Lost Art of Race Riding. Maybe you've got a friend who's got a kid that's thinking about becoming a jockey or a friend of yours that's a young jockey. This book is sensational. Uh, Just read it uh, this week and uh, just... The way he describes the art and he brings you along going all the way back in history and the great race riders and how they became great. And it's really interesting. There's some great photography in here that shows the styles of uh, the master, like Eddie Arcaro. And when you look at how they sit on a horse versus some of the riders today, uh, you understand why certain people like, uh, you know, George Wolf and uh, Jack Westrope and uh, Lafitte Pinkai and some of these guys. Uh, became as great as they were and it's because of their style of riding and so um miles uh, addresses that sad to say miles uh, passed away from a form of cancer right after he finished writing the book so he did have an editor come and and finish the book for him but now it, it is out and for sale so uh Jason's going to be our second guest. He just called me, and he's got to take a buddy to the hospital, sad to say. So let's hope we can get his buddy uh, patched up and uh, get uh, him on air with us again to talk about uh, Stylin, reviving the lost art of race riding. Well, so those are our two guests. Uh, a lot of big stories in the news. Just want to remind everybody, uh, this uh, – the. All, all the 
graded races are all happening at Gulfstream on Saturday, but there are some other cards that you're going to want to pull down our winningponies.com easy win forms. Another good week talking uh, about Gulfstream Park at a huge hit there on the 14th. A 50 cent Super 5 key returned over $9,000. Also at Gulfstream on the 9th, a $1 Super 5 key paid $3,769. Well, we are past Thanksgiving, so what does that mean? That means the fairgrounds is back open, and we pulled down a 50-cent Super 5 key that paid 2960 You can go to winningponies.com and take a look at all the recent big hits that we had, and so uh, hopefully you can use them this weekend. Again, just on Saturday, there are some other good races, though they're they're not graded. Uh, the two-year-olds uh, at Aqueduct, um, we've got the $150,000 Great White Wade division. Vision stakes. Uh, you got the Queens County for 125,000, and then uh, the fairgrounds again said they're open. Uh, they've got uh, quite a group of stakes races, but uh, none of them graded. You got the, the Tenacious, the Bonapaw, the Blushing, KDS, and the Buddy. Deliberto, you might remember he was the track handicapper there uh, for many years, and also the Letier Memorial. So. Uh, Pull down the easy win forms. Hopefully, we can give you a slew of winners. Now, on to some very tragic news in the world of racing. Former jockey Garrett Gomez was found dead yesterday, only 44 years old. Apparently, he was the victim of a drug overdose, though all of the dots have not been connected yet. He would have been 45 on New Year's Day. You may recall while he announced his retirement on June 15th, uh, he hasn't ridden since 2013, the week that I had him booked as a guest. He just up and, and left Keeneland. I had just finished reading his biography, and uh, he certainly fought his demons over the years. It seems like every time he would get to the heights of racing, uh, he would go to the depths of, of depression, and he, he dealt with that, uh, mostly with alcohol and obviously sometime w- with drugs. Of course, Garrett Gomez, a two-time Eclipse Award winner. He won over 3,700 races. How about this? He won 13 Breeders' Cup races. And, of course, who will forget his ride on blame when he gave Zenyatta her only defeat in the 2010 Classic at Churchill Downs. Garrett Gomez's mounts earned over $205 million. Uh, he had been living in Duarte, uh, California. Uh, of course, he started his career in New Mexico back in 1988 and then kind of went to the Midwest, Oaklawn Park, Arlington Park, and then went back to California where uh, he really made his name. Uh, he still had his problems. He did a stint in jail. Uh, missing all of 2003, but he came back in 2004 and 2005 and won major races like uh, the Del Mar Futurity, the Jockey Club Gold Cup, and uh, two Breeders' Cup races, the Juvenile and the Mile that year. Altogether, he won four races at the 2008 Breeders' Cup and three more in the 2010. Uh, Garrett Gomez led the nation's riders in purse earnings four straight years from 2006 through 2009. And in 2007 and 2008, he was voted the Eclipse Award as champion jockey. And he also won the George Wolf Memorial Jockey Award, which is a very esteemed award. The 
is voted upon by his fellow riders. So uh, our prayers go out uh, to his family over the days ahead and uh, racing lost just one outstanding rider. We also uh, lost a uh, an outstanding executive in racing and Steve Sexton, who served as president of Churchill Downs Racetrack from 2002 and 2009. Uh, he passed away earlier this week. Uh, you know, Sexton uh, at Churchill Downs, he improved the, the facility, uh, the profitability of the Kentucky Derby, set records every year under his watch. And he was a really nice guy. I mean, he's, he did a lot in the game. I got to know him when he was at uh, uh, Thistledown. He first became involved in track management in 1983 when he held a position of sales promotion manager at Santa Anita. Then he was the assistant marketing director at Canterbury, uh, became the assistant GM and director of marketing for Golden Gate Fields. Again, that's when he moved on to uh, Thistledown, and I got a chance to know him. A really class act. Uh, again, uh, uh, prayers and sentiments going out uh, to his family. Uh, wish I had some more good news, but looks like Gary Stevens is going to undergo hip replacement surgery. And at this point in time, Stevens is unsure if he will, in fact, return to the saddle. You may recall back in the summer of 74, he underwent successful knee replacement and returned to the saddle to win the 2015 uh, Pacific Classic and the Breeders' Cup Distaff. Of course, this fall on Beholder, I mean, uh, it was uh, uh, just such an emotional time uh, when he got up to uh, beat Songbird by a nose in that race. Tears were coming from his face and well, basically saying, I wasn't ready to hang it up. I still don't know if I'm ready. I'm going to have the procedure done next week, and I'll play it by ear. I'm in a great position with Ruiz Racing, and he doesn't want to lose that. So he's a class act. He knows all sides of racing. So uh, we wish uh, Gary Stevens nothing but the best of luck in his recovery. Well, big weekend for Los Al. They've made a new race, the Winter Challenge, and the purse has been boosted because a lot of horses are coming out to challenge the one and only horse of the year, California Chrome. Looks like a field of 10 will be going to post. At first, Los Al was not sure if they were going to be able to fill the gate against Chrome, but uh, they put out a nice incentive in that everybody that races in there, I believe, is going to be getting $10,000 just uh, for racing in the winter challenge so the race's purse that was first scheduled for a hundred thousand dollars will be increased to a hundred and eighty thousand if 10 horses leave the gate and again that race is going to be at Los Al on Saturday if you're on the west coast it's 428 so for those of you on the east coast that would be seven 28. So stick around at a racetrack with you. Obviously, California will be uh, the overwhelming favorite. He is uh, using this as his uh, leg up to the Pegasus Stakes. And of course, we'll uh, ask uh, Ron Nicoletti to weigh in on his thoughts uh, about the Pegasus. But uh, nonetheless, 180,000, the horses that hit the board behind him, uh, if that is the case. You know, it is horse racing, and that's why they put him in the gates. But uh, he did draw the number 10 pole, and the, the, the uh, turns are a little bit tight at Los Al. 
Uh, but uh, Alan Sherman is always, uh, you know, meets it with, uh, you know, kind of an upbeat approach. Uh, he said, you know, I got to thinking about it, and it's probably not that bad because if somebody wants to go crazy inside and go for the lead, I'd rather be outside and safe and in the clear instead of inside with the possibility of checking. So, uh, as always, Victor Espinoza will be in the saddle, and they are going to uh, break from post number 10. This race is a mile and a 16th, probably not his best, but as far as a tightener coming out of the Breeders' Cup Classic where Arrowgate upset him, um, this will be a, a very good tightener for California Chrome. Again, another race to watch, <clears throat> perhaps not the best to handicap. Uh, so we will uh, be uh, hopefully tuning in to Los Al later in the day on on Saturday. Speaking of Arrogate, he had worked a bullet at Santa Anita on Tuesday, 58 and 2. Now, he was working by himself, but there were a group of horses up ahead, which was totally unplanned. They weren't Baffert trainees, and he saw those horses up ahead, and Arrowgate knows that his job is to go and catch horses, and that's exactly what he did. So, uh, pretty impressive, 58 and 2, not being asked too much. But uh, Baffert's just scratching his head, and he says, well, long after today, he's pretty ready. So, uh, it looks like he's probably may get a race in uh, the Pasqual Stakes January 1st at Santa Anita to use that as a prep for the $12 million Pegasus World Cup at Gulfstream Park. So uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Once again, I hope they both get there. Still surprises me that Judmont had not secured a spot, but uh, I'm sure that from everything I've read, there are still some openings available for people that uh, didn't even have horses uh, that were scheduled to run in the Pegasus, but bought a spot uh, for all the marketing potential and the chance to sell a spot to a horse like Arrogate. All right, well, that's a look at the main news story. Some very interesting things happening in the world of racing. Again, the best graded racing, that's going to take place Saturday at Gulfstream Park. And none better to help us break it down than Ron Nicoletti. We're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with Ron. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, Mr. Gulfstream Park. I've been watching him for decades. Ron Nicoletti is the man with a plan down at Gulfstream Park. If you've ever turned the signal on, that's him. Always dresses pretty dapper, and uh, now he's got uh, two interesting uh, co-hosts at different times, uh, Acacia Courtney and Pete Aiello. I guess it's kind of a, uh, a case of Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, and also we got Gabby Gaudet in the wintertime who does an excellent job. So uh, uh, not a bad job as far as I'm concerned, and you're right about decades. It's going on my uh, 25th year at Gulfstream Park in some capacity in the last 10 or 12, but more than I want to admit as the track handicapper. So uh, I've seen them all. I've seen everything. All right, and 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 I and I hope Pete takes that in the right way. Pete and I go way back. Uh, I was there the first day he called races at River Downs. As a matter of fact, I'm the guy that recommended him for the job. And I knew at the time that, you know, this kid had it. You know, he just needed to polish his job a little bit. And uh, I thought he was going places. And I was so happy to to see him first at the uh, the other at the Gulfstream. Uh, mild meat, shall we say, and mm. then to go to Oaklawn. But then when he had the chance to come back and, and, and call the whole season, I, I was so happy for him. And I, I know he's like uh, a kid in a candy store down there uh, working with you guys and calling those great races. Yeah, you know, the, the, the beauty about it is he loves the game. He always likes oh. people that love the game. And that's, you know, that's what you sense with him. I mean, he loves everything about it. What I, what I like about him the most, he, the cheaper the race, the better he likes it. So, uh, you know, he's got, he's a, He's a true punter, as we say in the game. Absolutely. I used to watch him uh, uh, nail the uh, the mule races out late after live racing was over. I love those mule races. He does. Well, listen, Ron, um, you know, I've got to guess you're not the first generation Nicoletti to start going to the races. How did you get interested in the game? Well, that, that's exactly it. Uh, you know, my uncles and my father were all into horse racing, and I have a cousin of mine, uh, Tom Miner, who owns uh, horses, lives in Saratoga. This is going back before we had horses and lived in Saratoga. And he's about four years older than me, and he would go and pick me up, and we would go to Yonkers. We would go to Roosevelt, which are harness tracks when we were kids. And, uh, you know, the most famous thing that uh, my parents have on the wall is I was begging my mother for $5. This is going back. I don't want to say how long ago to bet this this barely double that I still couldn't lose and everything like that. And they have it framed on the wall. So, you know, it's been in my blood and, uh, and I took a, a curious course, uh, you know, track to get here. I was in the clothing business for years and years and uh, was lucky enough to move to Florida. And, uh, and uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I got a job at Hialeah and it's it led to here. And it was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. You know, and if you you love what you're doing, that's like half the battle done in your lifetime. You know, it's like a kid, as you mentioned with Pete, it's like a kid working in a candy store. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're doing something you love, you're never really going to work, and, no, exactly uh, and it comes right. off. Yeah. You're you're a natural on air. You seem to embrace it, but I'll tell you, you really know your stuff. Now, since you've been there as long as you had, what 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 differences, if any, have you noticed in in the racing at Gulfstream over the last twenty years? Well, you know, I don't know how much there is to different in racing. I mean, Gulfstream, you know, of course, when we, uh, you know, tore down the old building, which uh, had a different kind of, uh, you know, track. It was, uh, you know, a mile track and then seven and a half furlong shoots. So, you know, and, and this is getting to the nuts and bolts things, you know, now with the one mile, uh, you know, the mile and an eighth track and the one mile turf course, you know, you had to adjust your handicap. But the biggest thing I've seen in racing is just how much, not, uh, how much information, I should say, is out there for everybody to, uh, you know, we used to have to sit around and, uh, you know, find out this stuff that you, all you have to do is click a button now and find out. So I think it's made the, the betters and, 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 you know, the, the, the people in the game just more tuned to what's going on. And very hard to find those long shots like you used to find years ago if you knew a little bit about breeding and stuff. And I, and I think that's the biggest thing uh, that I've noticed over the years. And, uh, you know, everybody keeps telling me all the time, uh, you know, that the game is dying, the game is dying, and all I do is watch every Saturday and Sunday during the championship meet, all these young people coming around, beautiful people, I'm surrounded by them all day long, and somebody's betting these races, and I, I gotta believe it's them, you know, so I can't believe everybody that bet races is 85 years old, you know what I mean, so I, I just feel it's vibrant, and uh, I think with the information out there, and there's people, you know, feel that they have a chance to make some money in this game. No, whether they bet two or whether they bet $200. Well, you know, everything ebb and flows. And, of course, uh, you know, I I hope this is the time for us to uh, to, to, to be making a a comeback. And, you know, we've had uh, so many uh, great storylines in in, in racing. Of course, last year was American Pharaoh, who did bring a lot of attention to the game. And then a lot of people said, well, racing's going to suffer from a Pharaoh hangover. Well, anything but that has happened all you had to do was watch some of those breeders cup races and you know the feats of uh, of california chrome and beholder and songbird uh now we've got the rising star Arrowgate, uh which leads me into um you know the pegasus cup i mean yeah. what what kind of buzz are you getting down there ron it's, it's, you know and it basically is you know it's so exciting no one knows no one knows what's going to happen and that's the beauty of it because you know uh you know you just can watch so many you know non-winners of two non-winners of three whatever the situation is and this is new a new a new thing and you know if we get the horses you know uh heard at the top of the show you know if you get california chrome and you get arrogant you get all these great horses in this race it's just going to be incredible you know and the buzz is just it's it's incredible. Nobody really knows what's going to happen, and I think that's perfect for the game because, you know, this is the first year there's going to be some good things, there's going to be some bad things about it, you know, there's going to be the, you know, with the social media guys going to be taking shots no matter what happens, but I think it's a bold step forward. I mean, if it works, you know, they're talking about not only doing it at Gulfstream, but doing it at, you know, Saratoga or doing it, you know, and actually have it going around. Maybe it becomes like a Breeders' Cup type thing where, you know, you buy into the thing, you buy, you can sell your spot. I mean, it's a million dollars, but you get to see some of the greatest horses in the world. So I, I'm, 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 I guess for lack of a better term, I'm geeked about it. I can't wait to see what happens. 
<laughs> you, you, you come across with that enthusiasm. I, I just want to ask you another question between uh, what you do on the air with your preparation and the fact that if anybody goes to GulfstreamPark.com, uh, get your daily uh, analysis, uh, what's a day in the life of Ron Nicoletti? Oh, boy. You know, uh, right now, it's the minute I get off the air with you, I have to go and handicap Sunday's card because it's due tomorrow morning because my analysis is in the program. It's printed, you know, two days before. So uh, you're just always working. We were talking about this today. It's, you know, you just, uh, uh, when you run five days a week, it's just a seven-day-a-week job. But if you love it, you know, I'm, I'm always doing something, always handicapping. And when you've got to be in print and, you know, Coming from the old school, you know, a hunt and peck type typer takes me a little longer than these young kids that can type, you know, faster than anything else. So you go and, you know, and I always, what I tell everybody in this game, the more you put in, the more you get out. So you got to do your homework and you just try and do the best you can. And my analysis has always been, I try each race and try and tell a little story what I think might happen. And, you know. Sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. You're only as good as your last pick, and that's the beauty of it. Every race, you're going up there, and someone's going to call you a bum or someone's going to call you a champion. And then that's <laughs> what keeps me going after all these years, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I myself for years was a, a public television handicapper known as the regular <laughs> AI at, right. uh, at River Downs. And, you know, I mean, people would come up and high five you and other people would come up and throw tickets in your face. And it's right. just like, I, I you know. I always tell the stories I was at, this is years ago, was at Calder because I did all three racetracks when we had the, you know, the circuit here with Calder or Hialeah. And this little old man was standing, you know, outside. I did my stuff, and he comes over. And he said, "Can I come over?" And he said, "You know, you should be, you should be on TV. You should be." And I said, "No, oh, thank you very much." He says, "You know, you should be somewhere. You should be on TV as a statistic. You bum, they should kill you. You know what I mean?" And he was like ninety years old, and I looked back, and that's when I said. You know, you're only as good as your last pick. So, you know, you you just keep that in mind. I've heard them all. I've done it all. I've had good picks. I've had bad picks. You know, people call me a chalky weasel and whatever they want to call me. And I just keep plugging along. You know, must be doing something right. You know, I, I've sat in that chair and, and I'll have people come by and go, $5.80. Anybody could have picked that horse, Engelhart. And I say, I'll tell you what, if you looked down on the ground right now and saw $5.80, would you pick it up? Yeah, that's a good yeah, That's a good way of saying it. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. It, you know what? That's the beauty of the game. You know, the people pay, uh, you know, they don't really pay too many places to get in anymore. But they come in, they bet their money. They're allowed to say what they, they want, you know, and uh, I love it. I mean, that's the, that's the fun part of it today because I love, I love it more when people call me a bum than when they call me good, you know, because it just it, it, it infuses me, makes me want, it, want me to do better and everything like that. Now I'm surrounded by all these young kids now. I was mentioning, you know, Acacia Courtney, Pete, Gabby Gordet. This is the future of the game, and they're fantastic. They're doing the homework. They love the game. They got the sparkle in their eyes, and uh, we're trying to just give some winners here and everything like that. So uh, I'm coming off as the old sage now, but I guess that's the way I feel with all these kids around. You know? 
Yeah, but that's okay. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> they they are a, a good generation, and uh, and they come off pretty polished. I tell you, they've they've done their homework. I know a lot of these people came out of that University of Arizona program. I mean, hell, so did Bob Baffert. Uh, you know, they, they they've yeah. done very very well, and and a lot of them, you know, as young as they are, have still paid their dues, and you know, marketing departments, publicity departments, and notes teams, and things like that. And uh, it, it's important. Important for the next generation because let's face it, you know, the young group that you were talking about that you look around and see coming to the track, uh, they're not looking at guys like you and me, you know, they'd much rather uh, be uh, l- looking at Gabby and, and Acacia, you know. No, that's uh, for sure, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it, that, that's the beauty of it, you know, so you try and get it. It's a, it's a good dichotomy, it's a good mix between all of us and everything like that, you know, and, and I see, you know, it's a game I love. So, and, you know, if I come across as being, you know, a, a homer and, you know, a cheerleader, I, I guess it's good because every day I go out there and it's always something. I mean, there's days you look around and say, what is this? We know this is the worst race I've ever seen. And then two seconds later, you see Arrogant beat, you know, somebody in the, in the, in the Travers or something like that, you know. So it's, it's, it's ebbs and flows and lots of fun. It, it does. It does. Well, uh, here's what we're going to do. Um, my producers tell me we're, we're, we're coming up on our uh, uh, commercial break. Uh, we're going to take that commercial break, and we come back. Like I said, all the graded stakes races on Saturday are at Gulfstream. Uh, while uh, the fields aren't overflowing, there's some interesting talent there and certainly a lot of angles that you had to play in doing your analysis. Uh, we've got the grade three sugar swirl. That's at six furlongs. Uh, then we're going to stretch it out to a mile in the grade three rampart. And then from there, we're going to go to the mile and a 16th Harlan's Holiday, where uh, uh, Todd Pletcher is compact and stacked. So hold on, everybody. We're talking to Ron Nicoletti the uh, guru of Gulfstream, shall we say. And we'll be back to handicap those races. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com The home of the easy win form The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses At most American and Canadian tracks Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races Don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter We're at Voice America TRN You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows This week's featured guest and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with me, Ron Nicoletti. If you've ever watched Gulfstream Park, and I know you have, he is the man that does the live handicapping on air with a variety of great people. And also go to their website and get his daily analysis of a pick. So Saturday card. Uh, first of all, before we get into the card, uh, weather in Miami, as usual, it's going to be nice, but there could be a shower at any time. Yeah, it could be a shower at any time, but, uh, you know, we had uh, yesterday, like, our high temp- temperature high was, like, 87 degrees or something. Today, it cooled oh. down, and it's supposed to be supposed to be nice over the weekend, and, uh, uh, you know, you never know. Uh, the, the, the turf course, you know, we had some, a lot of rain last week, as you know, last weekend, so turf course, you know, it's listed as firm, but maybe has a little give in it and everything like that, but uh, after today, I, I think by tomorrow, you, you know, the, the, the calls for, you know, Beautiful weather, but you never know, as you said, in, in Florida. But I, I'm going with fast main track and firm turf, of course. And one of the beauties about Gulfstream, we try and keep on the turf no matter what. Right. And uh, But so, all the races we're going to be looking at are our main track races. Is there anything right. our listeners should need to know as far as any recent trends on the main track? Is it a level playing field? Is it favoring speed? Give us the inside. It, it's actually been a level playing field that goes to you know since the championship meet started just a little back you know usually uh it's always you know ghosting over the years and since the beginning of time i don't care who owned the place what racetrack there was always favors speed you know what i mean you're on the main track and it's just been a fair racetrack there's no one that's gone out and just you know uh you know gone out and set these ridiculous fractions now that it happens every once in a while some people swear it's by the tides coming in and out because Gulfstream's only, you know, three quarters of a mile from the ocean. I don't believe any of that. I just think on any given day, you know, if the, the track doesn't have a lot of water in it or the sun is extra strong, might favor, you know, horses that like to lead. So I, I, to answer your question, I took the long way. Looks like it's been a pretty fair racetrack over the first week or so. Great. Well, in in the fourth race, uh, the Grade Three Sugar Swirl. It's a six furlong dash, and I know you've seen a few of these horses race because there are some horses for course in this field. They love the Gulfstream Park Strip. Uh, talk to me about some some of the major contenders. Well, you know, five, I mean, the, the race goes through the five horse stone pass. They could trouble second in this race last year. If you have the ability to go back and look, this horse you know, just lost all the chance last time out and still managed to run well in there and then followed that with victories in the Miami Shore and grade two inside information. She returned. She used her speech. She won the $100,000 pumpkin pie at Belmont. Kelly Breeds, the trainer, Paco Lopez, you know he's going to get this horse interested soon after coming out of the game. And I just think the race you know, runs through the, through that horse. And if she runs a race, I don't think anybody beats her. You know, Dearest, talking about horse for courses, the one horse loves Gulfstream. You know, she won uh, the Royal Palm in the Azalea. She makes her second start. She ran really well in the prior race up at Saratoga. So, I mean, if Stiltastic, uh, you know, doesn't come with its A game, maybe a horse like Dearest, uh, you know, wins it. And then, you know, I'm talking about two horses that have speed and maybe sets up for a horse like you bought her, 
comes from off the page. You got Johnny Velasquez in the saddle. And, you know, that's where you got to come in. This is race four. Maybe by the first couple of races, you see how the racetrack is playing. And you make your, your, your best guess on, you know, how the, the race is running. But I think you got to beat Stone Tastic in that race. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. It could be a case of catch me if you can, and I think Dearest will probably do its best. Now, Johnny V has been pretty selective about the times that he's riding at Gulfstream right now, but he's riding at a 27% wind clip. Is he traveling between tracks or just, you know, picking his spots? No, no, it's just that time of year where, you know, he's coming down and it's, uh, you know, people getting acclimated. I mean, we... You know, the Gulfstream Championship meet doesn't really get into high gear until, you know, after the new year and the horses that have run, you know, their campaigns at uh, other tracks are, you know, coming back and one by one and, and things will pick up, you know, and that when the smoke clears, it's, you know, Javier Castellano, Johnny Velasquez, those, those will be your top riders, you know. I mean, this, this card on Saturday is just fantastic and this is just the, the first of the really exceptional cards that we're going to have at Gulfstream. Uh, this winter, and I, I just think that uh, you know John Velasquez, he picks his spots all year round, but he he'll be right there. And Javier, you know, uh, they share riding top call for Todd Fletcher or whoever Chad Brown. You know, Chad has only started a couple of horses at the race thus far, and that'll all you know blossom as the meet goes on. As soon as the uh, holidays are over, you know, once you see January first go by, things really heat up here. Well, I think it's going to be a great day at Gulfstream for, uh, you know, extended races, uh, pick threes and, and pick fours. Uh, we move on to the one-mile Rampart, grade three, hundred thousand dollars And your one-mile races are one-turn races. Uh, and again, uh, Mr. Pletcher will be there with a couple of horses that have not been out since October. And two horses that uh, have traded places quite a few times in genre and asking for money. Uh, they're an interesting uh, pair. And from what I've read from Pletcher this week, he says uh, both of them are training great. And he says, uh, as far as I'm concerned, they could dead heat. Yeah, you know this is the why this one is wide open. You know, I, I mean, I put John on top, turning back to a mile. This horse has run exceptionally well at the mile. Six starts, three wins, the second and third. She's had a really nice campaign going along. She won the Molly Pitcher, uh, and then she won the Ten Furlong at Thistledown. The Lady Jacqueline, I believe it was, and she came back. She ran third in the uh, Grade One Spencer Akeman. And she looks like the logical one. The local horse I have some interest in is the three Curlin's approval, stretching out to a mile. She followed back to bounce sprint victories. You know, they didn't know where Marty Wilson, the trainer, didn't know where to put this horse. I think he made the right decision. Instead of going in the sprint, he went to the mile here. And you mentioned asking for money. Certainly, uh, being a neck buyer stable mate in that, uh, aforementioned Polly, Molly Pitcher. I think those are the logical three. But boy, it, it, you know, I would go deeper in this race. I mean, if anybody has another opinion, I would be willing to listen to it because I, I just think this is the most wide open race as far as the grade three events go on the card because of some horses going through sprints, stretching out to the mile. You don't know how they're going to react. Horses coming off the layoffs, as you mentioned, you know, might need a race, you know. It's hard to gauge, but uh, Todd Pletcher is starting to catch on fire. As usual, he's uh, going, I think, for his 12th or 13th consecutive winning training title. So hard to leave him off the ticket. Yeah, at, at, at batting 35% so far, you're, you're correct. Um, uh, Pete's been telling me how much he's been impressed with uh, uh, Tyler 
Daph Leone. And I was kind of surprised mm-hmm. to see that uh, Marty Wolfson uh, took him off Curlin's approval. It looks like Tyler will be riding uh, inside out. That's probably going to be a bit of a price. Any background info on that? No, it's just that, you know, the winter meet here, you have the top 10 riders in the country. And the Tyler Gaffneon did an exceptional job. You know, he won the titles here in the summer, at, you know, at Gulfstream Park. And it ran very well over at Gulfstream Park West. He was second to Edgar Zeiss in the training title. But once this happens, you know, if you're an owner and, you know, you got to you look at the choices, sometimes the owner, you know, you got John Velasquez, you got Javier Castellani, you got Joel Rosario, you got these guys, some of these local guys you know, get the knock back a notch, you know. So I don't really see anything in it that, you know, they're making the move. It's just one of the things that happened down here. You know, with the riding colony like this, these guys expect that, you know, that this is going to happen and, uh, you know, the the owners or the trainers are going to go for, uh, you know, a job that they think is going to give them the best chance. But Tyler Gaffinone, I think he's their equal, you know, especially in South Florida. He knows how the track plays. And I I just think it's, you know, one of those type of moves that happen. All right. Well, uh, moving on to uh, a horse uh, race named after one of my favorite horses of all time, and that's uh, Harlan's Holiday, who I believe went down there when the Florida Derby. He was a little old Ohio bred. I got to watch <laughs> him race as a two-year-old uh, up up here. At the time, he was trained by Kenny McPeak. I believe at some point in time, he moved over uh, to the Pletcher Barn. He went into the Derby that year as a slight favorite and uh, disappointed shall i say but he did do well <laughs> after that so uh right. he's close to my heart the harlan's holiday uh grade three and now we're going to be going a mile and a 16th this is a, a two-turn race not a huge field but an interesting one how about mr pletcher he's got three here but there's a mystery about each one of them i think well you stole my son I, I was going to say that i'd like pletcher in this race i wasn't going to say exactly who i liked in this race but uh you know three horses he had one being stanford who's just been training lights out in preparation first thought he followed that victory. Really nice victory in the, the Charlestown Classic, that grade two. He had trouble. He swerved at the Scott in the Metropolitan. And, and, you know, Johnny Velasquez goes there, but you got Keen Ice, and, you know, you're talking, uh, everybody's talking about arrogant in California Chrome. Keen Ice, never a big fan, but this one was a distant third behind those two champions last time out. And then you got made for lucky. So I, I'm looking for... I wouldn't be shocked if we get a, uh, you know, a uh, Todd Fletcher trifecta in this race, you know. Those look like the logical three to me. Well, you know, yeah, Keen Ice has had a a very, very interesting career, shall we say. And I believe when he came out of the races in Dubai, he had a uh, a hind cannon bone fracture. Um Got plenty of plenty of time off. I uh, went from the Romans Barn to Pletcher's Barn, and uh, since then two third place finishes. Of course, one of those in the Breeders' Cup Classic against Arrowgate California Chrome. Uh, so you, you can't fault him too much there. Still recorded a 103 buyer, so he may be, may be back on the upswing. And, and Ron, I'm hearing that uh, this race uh, could set him up for a spot in the Pegasus. Yeah, I mean, guys, you know, everybody's moving for a shot in the Pegasus, and if he runs well, and uh, I think you've got to make that move and put these horses in, you know, as you mentioned, it's a $12 million purse. Uh, you know, if you finish first, you get $7 million, but not bad to finish second, third, or fourth in that race if you get the two top horses in the country like California, Chrome, and Arrogate. I wouldn't mind finishing third in that race, and maybe a horse like Keen Eyes does it. Well, 
When, if I go up uh, to uh, GolfStreamPark.com and, and look at Ron Nicoletti's uh, analysis uh, for Saturday, who am I going to see as your top three picks in the seventh race, the Harlan's Holiday? You're going to see Stanford, Keen Ice, and Made from Lucky. And it's hard for me to take all three from Pletcher, but I think those are the logical three in there. And you're going to see my best bet is actually in the eighth race. It's hard to hard, one of my favorite horses who's certainly going to go to the lead and they run well in there. So, I mean, it's just a great card. Every race you look at, besides the great threes we talked about, just lots of fun, lots of good races. Should be a lot of fun. We just got to hope the weather holds out it's supposed to. And I think it's going to be a record-setting day for us. All right, well, just for those of you listening going, well, what did he say, his best bet? Well, that's going to be in the El Prado, uh, seven right. and a half on the turf at, at Gulfstream Park. Heart to heart, uh, the uh, uh, French sensation Julien Le Peru will be riding for, uh, for Brian Lynch. Uh, uh, heart to heart, another horse for course, two starts yeah, on the Gulfstream grass, two wins. Horse for course, yeah, and, and Julien Le Peru, you know, for years he's had this uh, – Monica that he, you know, waits and he comes from, he's one of the best riders of a front running horse on the turf that you'll ever see. And I just think this horse, you know, we've got a rainbow six, or if it's not hit tomorrow, there'll be well over two, three hundred thousand dollars in. And I think this is a horse that uh, certainly I'm going to single on my uh, ticket. So, uh, and that's the horse I'm, uh, can't wait to see. He's one of my favorites. Well, Ron uh, Nicoletti, it's been a real pleasure having you on Winning Ponies. It's your first time. I hope it won't be your last. No, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, anytime, just give me a holler. I will, and say hello to my main man, Pete Aiello, for me tomorrow, will you? I will certainly do that. All right, take care. We've been talking with Ron Nicoletti from Gulfstream Park. Big Saturday, and now we're going to have a chance to talk to uh, Jason Neff, uh, whose uh, father wrote the book Stylin', Reviving the Lost Art of Race Riding. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? 
Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, Jason Neff, who was a part of the production of his father's book, Styling, Reviving the Lost Art of Race Riding. His father was Miles Neff, who, uh, sad to say, is no longer with us, but thank God he got to pen this book uh, before he left his mortal coil. Jason, thanks so much for spending time with us tonight. Hey, great. Thank you, John. Well, um, I'll, I'll tell everybody that this is a thoroughly enjoyable book on many levels. You'll learn a lot of the nuances of riding. Uh, certainly, as I said at the top of the show, if you've got a friend or a relative or just a friend who's a jockey, they should read this book. Uh, if nothing else, to read it from a historical perspective uh, and it, to enjoy some of the photographs. And uh, you, your father really you know, crafted this, the, the, the styles of styling sensationally. Well, listen, just so I get out twice, I want to let, let the listeners know, I want you right now to tell them where they go for a Christmas present if they want to get this book, and we'll try to get it back on before we leave the show. Yeah, you can go to uh, a couple places. You can get it online at our website, which is styling, S-T-Y-L-I-N, jockey.com. So it's stylinjockey.com. Um, it's also available at the uh, Kentucky Der- Derby Museum, um, right in front of uh, Churchill Downs. It's also available at the uh, Saratoga Museum, um, Saratoga Springs. Um, and like I said, you can also get it online at stylandjockey.com. Okay, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to get through this as, as quick as I can. There was just there's so much to mention. Uh, you know, uh, first of all, you. you your father was five foot ten, and he was pr- trying to be dissuaded uh, by your grandfather as much as yeah. he en- enjoyed him riding, uh, not to ride. But you know what? If you look at modern days, Deshaun Parker, who has uh-huh. won three of the last five winning number of wins titles, not money earned, number of win titles in North America, is five foot ten. Yep. So. And he wraps around a horse just like the photos I see uh, of your father wrapping around a horse. So it's an interesting early part of the book, talking about the early days and your father seeing the size Mm -hmm. of his feet and knowing how big his brother was, your uncle, obviously. Uh, And he tried Mm -hmm. to talk him off it. But, I mean, your father was so determined to be a jockey. I I think that's what made him uh, so uh, attractive, uh, you you know, to bring on uh, a guy – uh, like uh, uh, George Martin to get behind him and say, this kid's got the guts. I'm going to go with him bes- despite his size. Sure, yeah. I mean, George, George Martin, <clears throat> for people that don't know, George Martin was, was my father's mentor and, uh, and pretty much um, you know, molded him to the, the jockey style that was per- popular in the, in the 1930s and 40s. And basically, it was you know where the jockey is molded to the horse from the time the gate opens all the way to the to the finish line, and uh, it's a completely different style than what's uh, than what's used today. And there's lots of different arguments, uh, you know, for or you know reasons why people have changed or you know vice versa. But I, I think it's a very uh, compel. I think the book makes a very compelling argument to at least look at. Um, what jockeys were doing back then, and and maybe to question why you know what some of them are doing today, you know. 
Well, and again, uh, because of the, the amount of photos of this book, that there there is uh, one uh, great example. It's in chapter three, and mm-hmm. uh, they're talking about you know the balance, center of gravity, uh, the power of AC DC, and that how balance is critical. But they've got a, a two photo thing of horses coming out of the gates, and. One of them were horses from the older days where the horses came out riding their horse in the position they should. And the modern day uh, gate break where the entire field was standing up on their horse. I mean, uh, uh, you know, it's just fantastic that, get, that he goes into a scientific analysis of, of position, maintaining your center of, uh, of gravity. And then, you know, the, the other nuances such as uh, uh, keeping hold of the horse's head. And something a lot of people might not know about is the science of AC Ducey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And there's, you know, again, there's different arguments that different people have different philosophies as to, you know, um, you know, does it work? Does it not work? Why, you know, people think that the only reason to use it was, you know, for, you know, for a jockey to help himself go around the turns, you know, and, um, and that might be part of the case, but my dad also, and, you know, uh, used it for other purposes. And one of them was to get down low and, and to also to put one foot forward and one foot back in it. And it actually helps you with balance. And it talks about in the book how, you know, basically any, if you look at different sports, whether you're a quarterback or whether you're a, a baseball pitcher or, or batter, or any, any uh, human that does a sport uses, spreads his legs to, to um, um, forward in front of each other to, uh, to create a sense of balance. And that's, uh, I think it really makes a good, um, a good description, you can start to see how, how AC Ducey kind of comes into play, you know, as far as creating balance. But that was... Yeah, that was and... You, Go ahead. Your, fa- your father shows some great examples through his illustrations. Of, yeah, just to uh, let people know, there's, there's over 200 photographs in the book, you know, and it, it's really pretty photo and diagram heavy, you know, because, you know, the whole point is to point out to people... So people can see, you know, we're all very visual these days, you know, and, and we watch races every day, but are we really going in and, and dissecting what's, what the jockey's doing or not doing? And I, I think the book um, makes a good, um, you know, really points out different things for you to, to kind of hone in your eyes on. Absolutely, and I think Chapter 5 and Chapter 6 uh, uh, strengthen what you just said. It, it, chapter 5 is titled The Power of Communication. Uh, chapter 6 is Strategy and Tactics, and uh, it just talks about how you get into harmony with the horse, uh, the handling of the reins, what is good handwriting, and the use of the whip, when it should, when it shouldn't, and how you do it in the correct way that doesn't throw a horse off balance. Because I found it interesting saying that every time you throw a horse off balance, he's got to kind of regroup himself and he loses some of his speed and has to once again regain that. Sure, sure. Every, you know, that was my dad's biggest thing is everything that the jockey does should be in timing and rhythm with the horse. But a lot of people don't realize that some of the things that they do is actually throwing the horse, even if it's the slightest little bit is throwing the horse off of balance, and the horse has to compensate for that. And um, and the book talks about that. You know, the, you mentioned uh, that chapter. You know, and, and the whip. And even though the whip is a is a pretty controversial, you know, topic these days. You know, one of the things that everybody talks about is oh, how many times the jockey hits the horse. And uh, my dad's biggest thing is, you know, where's the jockey hitting the horse? 
you know, and a lot of people don't realize that, you know, there's, um, it's a, you know, it's a pretty big epidemic, you know, going on where the jockeys hit it, are hitting the horse in the stifles, and that doesn't encourage horses to run faster, was his argument, and there's, you know, proper no, placement to encourage a horse to run And there was a good photo faster. demonstrating that, too. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like, and uh, again, everything he states in this book is backed up by photos, so you you get a good eyes view of. Oh, I know exactly what he's talking about now. Um, sure. And and then of course strategy and tactics. Uh, let's face it. Uh, uh, from what, what your dad openly admits, uh, uh, he, he he wasn't going to win the uh, popularity contest in most jocks rooms. Uh, he was out there to win some races, and he tells some interesting stories of some things that went on out at the track, but he just calls it race riding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't, um, you know, he was he was there to, uh, you know, to ride and be competitive, and, and uh, you know, there's all kinds of little, uh, you know, strategies that uh, jockeys do to compete against each other, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I've been watching it for for uh, over, over 30 years. Well, I'm coming into my final furlong. Uh, my producer's uh, telling me, again, we easily could have talked for uh, at least a half an hour about this book, uh, Stylin, Reviving the Lost Art of Race Riding. I think it's going to make a great Christmas present for any horse fan and, and certainly a- anybody that likes to uh, increase their knowledge of what goes into uh, to race riding. One more time, Jason Neff, if you would uh, tell our listeners where they could go to get one for a great Christmas present. You can go to our website, which is www.stylinjockey.com, and that's spelled S-T-Y-L-I-N-J-O-C-K-E-Y.com. And, uh, and if you, uh, right now there's a 20% discount if you uh, order up until, uh, until Christmas, so people can uh, take advantage of that. If they want to go pick one up, you can get one at the Kentucky Derby Museum as well as the uh, Saratoga Museum. Fantastic. Well, Jason, thanks for sharing your time with us tonight. And uh, I, 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 I wish your dad was still here that I could tell him congratulations yeah. on, on penning an outstanding book. I'm, 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 I'm glad he got it done before he left this earth because he was a guy that was not afraid to pass the torch and bring his information to other young riders. It's just a fantastic read. Uh, we, we've been uh, talking to Jason Neff. I want to thank uh, Ron Nicoletti for uh, spending his time and expertise on helping us handicap those races at Gulfstream Park. I hope you go to winningponies.com and pull down your easy win forms and that you have a super weekend and have a slew of winners. So for Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhart signing out. Just want to tell everybody when you go to the racetrack, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.